to Arcade Attack once again. I'm your host for today, Rob, and with me are Adriano. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> Delano. Bonjour. And who's this? Who's we have this? the returning <laughs> Keitho. I'm back again. I think it's a mirage. I don't know if that I don't know if that's him or is not. Is it really me? It sounds like him. It looks like him. I'm still not convinced though. Well, is this just <laughs> fantasy? <laughs> uh, no, it's good to have you back, man. And good like, to be back. Good to be back. In honor of you coming back, I have a little trivia question for everyone before Ooh. we start proper. Ooh. Which game has protagonists who are called Rob and Keith? Huh? Which, <laughs> which video game no has way. protagonists called Rob and Keith? And I'll give you a clue. It's not Turtles. You can play it at four quarters if you go there on the arcade. That's four quarters in Peckham. So, uh, what have they got? What have they got? Metal Slug? Slug? No. Should I just tell one? Bad Dudes? No. Two Crude Dudes? No. But there are Rob two. Rob and Keith? Yeah. Um, it's Time Crisis 2. Wow. They're called Rob and Keith. They're That's called Rob amazing. And Keith. I didn't know that. I did. Why have I never I've noticed that? I've played that game so many times. I've played it. We would have noticed, surely. Are we yeah. stupid? We're Maybe it's just stupid. It's not that obvious. Maybe you just uh, you weren't paying attention to the plot. Who knows? But <laughs> the today, deep plot of time crisis. It's so too. deep. <laughs> so we're doing time crisis today, is that right? No, time we're not doing. No, we're not doing time crisis today, or really anything. Uh, we are doing something game related, but not an actual game. Um, what does everyone think of uh, adaptations of games into other media? Uh, well, we've, <laughs> we've gone through a few haven't we, recently. Oh, yeah. Super Mario Brothers, the movie, what, films, uh, <laughs> yeah. Movies. Movies. I mean, like, you know, we're basically at a point where the adaptations are quite sophisticated, but, you know, it wasn't always like Sonic the Hedgehog the movie. It wasn't <laughs> always like that. <laughs> the, no. These, uh, you know, adaptations used to have a pretty bad rep. And actually, obviously, if you go back far enough in time, there were no adaptations of, uh, of like games into other media. Ooh, like, yeah. anyone want to take a guess at what the first one ever was? Pong. Yeah, no. Pong, Pong became a, Pong became a novel. <laughs> no, novel. We're, t- we're talking about film or TV. Pong I, the novelization. I don't Pong know the novelization. <laughs> uh, well, Pong novelization, whether it's real or not, doesn't count, because I'm talking about films <laughs> or How about TV okay. shows. Not comic books, because remember, we looked at Sword Quest, didn't we, and they had the comic books. I believe it, it predated Sword Quest. Wow. And when was that, Aid? Uh, <laughs> 1970-something. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's really early 80s or late Pac-Man. Yes. Ooh. Check out the big brain on blow. Hello. <laughs> it was indeed Pac-Man. Came out in 1982. Uh, and uh, Pac-Man was made into a cartoon. It was on uh, ABC, one of the three big American networks. 
And uh, we're going to come back to Pac-Man in a bit. But um, basically, Pac-Man was a relative success at the time. You know, I say relative for you reasons I'm going to get the into The cartoon shortly. or the game? The cartoon. The cartoon, I was going to say. game yeah. was a massive success. Yeah, of course. But uh, basically, the cartoon was um, a, a pretty good success, which, which led to one of the other big networks, CBS. Uh, they started to get on board with this whole kind of thing in a big way. And uh, I'm going to get into, like, basically, they all um, ordered up something called Saturday Supercade. <laughs> and this was basically a show that was going to be broadcast on Saturday mornings, and they would take a bunch of big arcade games and have them as the basis for different cartoon shorts. Yeah. Now, kind of, I say early 80s, uh, this basically ran from September 83 to December 84, but- which means it probably would have been commissioned about a year or so before. And um, just to keep, kind of give you an idea of what animated cartoons were like at this point, um, very similar to kind of commercial American music at this point, Animation was kind of like in an in-between stage right then, like the early 80s. They just come out of uh, the Hanna-Barbera era, mm. which uh, and we're kind of going into what I like to think of as the Mars and Mattel quick energy chocobot age. Of course, characterized by the likes of He-Man, Transformers, My Little Pony, Care Bears, that kind of would thing. You, yeah, but Rob, would you say the animation improved? Because personally... I think actually the Tom and Jerry's and stuff haven't aged too badly, the originals. I think they've got that little charm to it. Whereas He-Man, the, the, I think they've aged pretty badly. Well, you really have to differentiate the uh, cinematic shorts, the seven-minute shorts from um, mm. stuff that was on TV. I mean, you mentioned Tom and Jerry. Mm. Hanna-Barbera were actually the guys who invented Tom and Jerry. Mm. They directed the cartoons for like two decades before they actually uh, formed their own studio in the late 50s. Their first big hit, Huckleberry Hound, came in 1958. And then two years later... Bang, they hit a big with... Flintstones. The Flintstones. Keeps on fire today. Bam, bam even. Uh, Yeah, Flintstones came in 1960. (laughs) Yogi Bear and Top Cat came a year later. Uh, Then you've got basically this kind of big run of form through the 60s. You've got Jetsons, Wacky Races, and then right at the end of the decade, Scooby-Doo, where are you? And basically, like by this point, Hanna-Barbera are dominating kind of TV cartoons. Like, uh, throughout the next decade, they kind of dried up creatively in the 60s, but throughout the next decade, uh, they just became bigger and bigger. Was, we're putting out more and more stuff. But uh, as I say, they had kind of run out of steam creatively, but having said that, they, uh, at one point, were responsible for 75% of Saturday morning kids' programming oh, in America. Talk about a monopoly. <laughs> for sure, yeah. Man. I mean, that doesn't mean their stuff was good. Uh, as yeah. it kind of went on, it was lower quality uh, in terms of animation. They would reuse lots of animation cells. They actually Ooh. came up with a technique where they would split like characters into three bits vertically. So you'd, you'd be able to kind of use the same bit, but with, you'd be able to just have to replace one cell. Oh, okay, so you could reuse the legs. And, do, yeah, yeah. Yep. do you remember that funny Simpsons scene where they... They, I think the they mimic that. They make yeah, a joke about that it, they? funny. That was also something they used to do. They used to re, uh, redo the backgrounds. <laughs> and even uh, we use premises, like recycle premises for like kind of different shows, use plot lines, and so on. Yeah, because I swear Jetsons were just a, a space-age Flintstones, weren't they? Yeah, Basically. Uh, more or less, yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, more and more you'd have TV shows where basically spin-offs of popular characters, the mm. Laugh Olympics... Um, Catch the Pigeon and Wacky, Race, yes. Wacky Races. Yeah, there was yeah, yeah. a spin-off with Darcy and Muttley. There were yep, many yep. Scooby-Doo and uh, Yogi-related kind of spin-offs. Um, they would have more and more cartoons that were based on terrible 70s fads like the CB Bears, the CB Radio, or Hong Kong Fury. Mm. And they also brought out Rickety Rocket, which is probably the most racist cartoon and TV show ever to be broadcast. Yeah. 
Uh, if you don't believe me, look up Rookity Rocket theme on YouTube. It's That opening is something. I think I know who you're talking about, and I don't I'm really want to watch it. Do you now. know this one? Do? I'll probably stay clear of this. <laughs> I, I don't think they even showed it on the 90s Cartoon Network. That was how iffy it was. Mm, oh dear. Uh, but anyway, like as I say, we're in the early, into the early 80s now, and Hanna-Barbera is still putting out a lot of stuff, but man, the quality was super low. Going more and more into kind of adaptations of pop culture stuff that would be ma- made into low-grade cartoons. Mm. Which brings us neatly to uh, Saturday Supercade. No, but Rob, before, but are you a fan of Hanna Barbera stuff personally? I like the early stuff, but I think it's like you say the animation. I think by that point the animation had gone so downhill that stuff like He Man was actually a step up. Certainly in terms okay. of imagination, even though it was generally constructed to be to sell toys, it was mm. a step forward at the time. Mm. I'm expecting you to say something amazing. I'm expecting Saturday Supercade. To be the best thing since sliced bread. It's got arcade. It's got horrific animation. I'm ready. But slight, I didn't s- slight issue, Rob, because if you put the word Saturday in front of it, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot a bit, aren't you? You're Go forcing on. yourself to put it on a Saturday. There's six other days in the week, thank you very much. Yeah, but there aren't six other days in the week when kids are at home in the mornings and need hours of programming to watch so they ki- their parents don't have to take care of them. Right, okay. <laughs> Saturday, was, Saturday morning is like the kids kind of cartoon bit, especially at that point in time, the 70s, 80s. So anyway, Saturday Supercade, uh, as I, coming back to what I was saying before, a bunch of big arcade games that were being made into cartoons. Uh, they would each be like kind of seven, eight minute shorts. Anyone want to take a guess at the seven games that made up Saturday Supercade over so two years? Remind us again, which years was this? September 83 to December 84 was when the last episode was broadcast. That's early. Mm. Cent- so struggling to centipede? Huh? Centipede? What was the first one? I didn't... I, I uh, didn't centipede, no. Oh. I, I saw one of them. You showed me, Rob. So I, I'm a bit of a Defender? A bit of a cheap no. answer, but Donkey Kong, isn't it? That's one Donkey of them. Kong was one, yes. Yeah. Uh, Makes sense. Is it, is it, are there ones with characters? Yes. Um, okay. yeah, it, technically, because I know I saw Mario. Is that a separate one or is that just part of the Donkey Kong sort of universe? That was part of the Donkey Kong universe. So we've still got nah. one. We've only got one. Yeah, hmm. one out of seven. I think early classic games. Um, oh. Not Pac-Man. Not nec- they're not all um, Nintendo, are they? No. Hmm. Um, Namco, Sun Entertainment. Oh, oh Pac- Pac-Man. What's Pac-Man? No, Pac-Man has no, already Pac-Man's been done. Pac-Man's been done. M- Mrs. No, yeah, standalone Miss Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man. We should know this. Yeah, we um, should. How about stuff like um, Space Invaders? Would that have a spin-off? No, but you know what? I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go tell Pitfall. them what they we'll are. Be Pitfall. Pitfall. Correct. Pitfall was ah, one of the other ones. Nice. Uh, so you've got two of them. The others were Donkey Kong Jr. Donkey Kong Jr. Math. Already rich in ideas here. Donkey Kong Jr., Frogger, Kangaroo, Cuba, and Space Age. Now, Cuba, Space Age. Space Ace. Space Ace, sorry, yeah, yeah. Now, would you guys say these are good concepts for cartoon shows all in all? Ish. Keith is making a face. Uh, Ish. Five well, out of ten. Well, no, Space Ace is already a cartoon anyway, isn't it? So that makes sense. It's not a kid's cartoon, though. I'm surprised Dragon's Lair's not in there, because surely that was an even bigger name, wasn't it, than Space Ace? More popular? Mm. Yeah, th- um, it was around the same point. But um, Space Ace makes sense. Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. shouldn't really be separate cartoons, <laughs> if I'm being honest. And uh, what about Cuba to Frogger? Cuba's got some personality. Frogger basically has to get across to the, the other road. side of the Can road. On today's episode. episode, I have to cross the road. <laughs> the next next week on Frogger, we'll be able to cross the road. See, this no, <laughs> see, this is the problem. You're thinking about this in too literal a way. You're thinking, you lot are thinking. It has look, to represent the game exactly. Exactly. Adrian is a creative person, but Adrian is. is not the right kind of creative person for this kind of thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> you have to be batshit crazy. Is that what you're saying? You need to stop thinking like a reasonable human being and start thinking like <laughs> and start thinking like an early '80s TV executive. Start thinking like a, on cocaine or various yeah. substances. Basically, if you were to uh, replace things like um, wanting to put out something good. And, you know, like having respect for the intelligence of your viewers, that kind of thing. And, you know, repl- and take those bits of your, as inconvenient bits of your personality out and replace them with things like, uh, greed, um, <laughs> <laughs> greed, cynicism, contempt, and cocaine. Uh, you'll kind of be getting onto more of, you know, the lines of thinking here. All right. So we just have a pause, take some cocaine and come back to this. And then we can, we can, we can, we can <laughs> probably get into it. Well, um, I, yeah, basically. <laughs> We're back. Yeah, we're back. (laughs) Um, Basically, uh, the solution, if you have a drug habit and contempt for humanity, which I think we probably have to differing degrees, um, you know, what you do is you graft, you basically take these uh, game IPs and you graft them onto pre-existing cartoon concepts you already own. Or Or you take a piece of paper and write down, like, all the kind of individual ingredients of the game and therefore, and try and like sludge them together and push them <laughs> together into again a generic idea for a cartoon and see if that works. Oh. Is it that no? Oh, isn't it that Family Guy episode where they take the Mick out of South Park and they just put all these weird situations together? Or is it the vice versa? Vice versa. And that, that's oh, this is how you make a Family yeah, Guy. Yeah, it's where yeah they're taking the Mick out of Family Guy's random flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's what they've done. They sludged it together, as Rob yeah. said. To give you an idea of how this works, remember I mentioned the Pac-Man cartoon earlier. Yes. This is the synopsis of the Pac-Man cartoon. I've kind of taken this off Wikipedia and kind of uh, shortened it take, down. Take a deep breath, Rob, because I reckon it's going to be quite deep, isn't it? So take yeah. your time. Prepare to have your mind blown. The show follows the adventures of the title character, Pac-Man, his wife, Pepper Pac-Man, their child, Pac-Baby, their dog, Chomp Chomp, <laughs> and their cat, Sourpuss. Most episodes center on the ongoing battle between the Pac family and the ghost monsters, Blinky, Inky, Pinky, Clyde... And Sue. Um, Sue? I think Sue was in the original. I don't think Clyde was in the Clyde original. Clyde was game. in the original. Okay. Well. Inky, Pinky, Blinky, and Clyde. They're the originals. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of Miss Pac-Man. Anyway, they work for Mesmeron, <laughs> who's kind of like a cross between Darth Vader and Gargamel, and he's after the power pellets. And also, uh, Pac-Man wears, I think, a bowler hat or a derby or something, and he talks like Bob Hoskins does when he's trying to do an American character. Nice. <laughs> okay. Gargamel, that's the person in um, Smurfs, isn't it? That's right. But this is basically the level of stuff we're talking about. And uh, the same company that did Pac-Man was uh, the company that did uh, Saturday Supercade. They were called Ruby Spears, and they were a lower-quality offshoot of Hanna-Barbera, which at this point, that was saying something. Mm. Uh, They've been around for a while, um, done kind of occasional uh, kind of, I guess, adaptations of pop culture stuff. But uh, not a high level is basically what we're talking about. So I thought what we do is, um, you, Dylan, you look like I'm you want to say something. I'm just entranced by this whole the whole concept. You know, you've you've got you've got me chewing the the arm of my glasses right now. How how long is each episode, Rob? If you don't want me asking. I believe it was around eight to ten minutes, eight to twelve minutes. Uh, and in that eight, pure pain, in that eight to twelve minutes, they'd have like four or five different cartoons. Or no, th- that would be the length of each cartoon. All oh, right, sorry, gotcha. And it would gotcha. make up uh, two hours of programming, I think, or maybe an hour, probably two hours with ads, something like that. Well, for a whole Saturday morning, that's a lot of cartoons. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think five-year-olds are too discerning in, t- in terms of taste, <laughs> luckily. 
Um, so I'm going to take a wild jumpy and say none of you three have ever watched any Saturday Supercade cartoons. Two minutes. I watched two minutes. I uh, wanted to prepare, and I'm sorry I didn't. Check I haven't it. seen any, but I wanted to be. I wanted to be surprised. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know uh, if Arcade Attack give out medals for valor and bravery, but if so, I think I deserve the top rated <laughs> one. We can make you a medal, mate, if you want one. Because I sat through at least one episode of every single one of these. <laughs> I didn't just. I could have just looked them up on Wikipedia and kind of copied them down, but it's I didn't. The, it's what we do usually. Just look stuff <laughs> up on Wikipedia. They are. They are. There are clips of all of these available on YouTube, full-length cartoons, um, and actual episodes of the entire Saturday Supercade with ads. Um, I would not recommend watching them. But uh, I really want to watch one now. Yeah. Well, you'll have to wait until this episode is over okay. and then you can watch with uh, the listeners. But anyway, I thought what we could do is we could go through each game. Um, we'll kind of talk about what the actual game is involved, and I'll tell you what the actual cartoon entails. Nice, nice. Let's like do this it. thing. And uh, let's begin with Frogger. <laughs> on today's episode, to can it cross the road? <laughs> yeah, the game of Frog is obviously uh, vertical scrolling. You got a series of frogs across first a busy motorway yeah. and then across the river. You jump on logs and turtles while avoiding cars and snakes and the like. That's pretty much it. That's, it, yeah. That's yep. Frogger. That's straightforward. Yeah. That's Frogger. Um, anyone want to take a guess at what the cartoon was? Uh, oh, I know. Frogger's got a girlfriend, but she's stuck on the other side of some sort of valley or... Or road or, or river or something. And Adrian, to... you're thinking too generically again. You're <laughs> thinking too, too generic. Too much like a reasonable person here. You have <laughs> you to uh, imagine that you're off your, off the proverbial and then... You have yeah. to use your imagination. Okay, well, you're so, the, the main so character Frogger is a, frog. is a trucker. A trucker. So it's gone meta. So he's not the actual guy trying to get past the trucks. He's the actual trucker. And you hate frogs and you want to squish them. Yeah. Again, you're, you're thinking too much like the actual game. Um, <laughs> okay, no. Frogger uh, is a businessman. And he's... Are you feeling this? He's a businessman. And he runs his own TV network. Yep. And the main program on the TV network <laughs> is a cartoon that's very similar to Frogger. Astonishingly enough, like, that's probably closer to the actual <laughs> concept than uh, anyone else would get. Frogger is the star reporter for the Swamp Gazette. <laughs> <laughs> Close. He, he and his friends, uh, some blonde chick who's obviously based on Diane from Cheers, and this uh, slow, vaguely camp turtle have to basically hunt for stories, most of which involve a sinister masked uh, character stealing something or carrying on some sort of subterfuge. It's basically like Scooby-Doo if um, the Scooby gang lied to everyone they met while also looking for clues. <laughs> like, he always has to be undercover, and so they wear disguises, and um, it turns out much like Enid Blyton, it's always a smuggler or something like that, and it's someone in a costume pretending to be a UFO or a ghost or something. Nice. Is That's it? completely nothing like <laughs> Frogger. <laughs> you know what? I reckon they should make a new Frogger game based on the cartoon. I'd play it, wouldn't you? Invest Frogger. Reverse engineer it. Yeah, Reverse it. engineer it. I'd play do it. it. Oh, and uh, his boss is like this. He's always like shouting. He's like the stupid chief in... A cop, like a cop movie. <laughs> yeah. Why haven't you got my story yet, Frogger? Yeah, pretty much get, that. Get it. Hop on. Hop, hop yeah. to it. Spider. I mean, is he like Frogger? JJ from Spider Man? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like J. Jonah Jameson from Spider Man. Yeah. Peter Frogger. Yeah. Okay, next up, Donkey Kong. The ge- uh, anyone want right. to take us through the game? Yeah, you got to jump over barrels. Jump over <laughs> barrels. Get to the top of the. That thing. pesky Italian plumber's after you. You are a competent dressed in red overalls with a moustache. You have to climb up ladders. 
while avoiding barrels being thrown at you man. by a giant ape, as well as... Oh, so the main character is Mario, not, not Donkey Kong. No, jump man. jump man. Oh, jump man, sorry. Jump man, yeah. But, uh, as well as flames, what might be bouncing tire irons. You have to save a, yeah, a tall woman from his uh, Donkey mm. Kong simian grasp. The, uh, it was a carpenter, not a plumber originally. Oh, okay. And yes, was yes, called yes, Jump Man, and later called Mario, and the woman was called... Peach? No, but it begins with the same letter. Princess? Penelope. It was not a princess. Penny. Pauline. 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 <laughs> that's it, Pauline. Not enough Paulines in video games Ooh. in my eyes. <laughs> I think that's the only one in it. Possibly. Yeah. Anyone want to take a punt at what the cartoon was about? Oh. So, he's a reporter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Mario's the grumpy um, Mario's jump the man. grumpy chief. And, Whack, he has to, and it involves him dressing up in lots of things and getting to the bottom of the case. This one is... Uh, no, this one is actually a little bit closer to the concept of the game. I think... He's an angry ape who throws barrels at people in the street. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, then he's so always you, getting in trouble. Yeah. Okay. No, I think actually, randomly, it's a story about a, a simple monkey or gorilla that just wants a nice life, and he works in a uh, barrel-making factory, and then he realizes that pesky Mario's after him, so he has to chuck barrels at him to get him out. Why'd Mario be after someone who works in a barrel-making factory? Because Why not? Why not? <laughs> because Mario really wants to steal his barrels, haven't they? That's not really like... That is, exec- <laughs> that is TV executive thinking from ages. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting on the right l- l- wavelength at least now, Rob, to be fair. No, I don't... <laughs> That's a bit too out there. Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, too, uh, too much cocaine. Basically, <laughs> basically uh, Mario and Pauline, who is now a smoking hot blonde, are trying to catch Donkey Kong, who is an ape that has escaped from their circus. So that's close. It's, well, kind of close. Keith? I have no words. I have no words. They, they get into various hijinks as they meet uh, all these kooky, sinister characters, most of whom try to frame Donkey Kong for various crimes. <laughs> Poor Donkey okay. Kong. Donkey Kong has like a vocabulary in the single digits, and Mario has an American accent. <laughs> Which American accent? Uh, just a generic, like, hey, come back here. Like, <laughs> come back here, Donkey Kong. <laughs> what, what words does Donkey Kong know, then? <laughs> basically like what he does that most of it um, do you feel a bit sorry for him though it does sound like he's been picked on it a bit no, like he, a he's, well, he's running out there causing trouble instead of being in <laughs> well. the zoo entertaining children Ooh, um, should be locked up I said Mario has an American accent guess which 80s TV legend does Mario's voice ah. TV legend TV legend not film legend cartoon le- TV voice legend the, the guy that did Bender's voice no He's more of a 90s legend, uh, really, Phil Lamar. Frank Welker. No, although uh, I believe Frank Welker does a lot of voices in this. Loads. Um, Keith, uh, you might have a better insight into this than most people. Yeah, I don't. Um, you want to look at your arm a second? Oh, it, it's um, uh, Peter Cullen. Peter Cullen yes. does the, vo- the voice of Optimus Prime, does the voice of Mario in the Donkey oh, wow. Kong cartoon. Nice. <laughs> Love, Love that. that. Love wow, that. indeed. Uh, next up, Donkey Kong Jr. Now, is this like a spin-off, like a crossover show where they, they, Donkey Kong Jr. is also in the Donkey Kong episodes? And no, oh really? Yeah. Um, you mean the game? Yeah, no, in the, in the in the cartoon. Well, we'll get onto the cartoon in a minute. Oh, you just want the game first? Sorry, as a reminder, yeah. yeah, Mario is a villain in this game. Is keeping Donkey Kong in a cage. Yeah, yeah. You're, uh, I guess, his son, and you have to climb up the screen on vines to try and free your father from mm. Mario's evil human clutches. But anyway, the show, um, now that you know the premise of the game, um, want to take a guess at the show? 
So you need to rescue your dad who's in jail. Is that right? Um, he's not technically in jail. He's just missing. You have to try and find him. Okay, so like an investig- investigation kind of thing, like a detective show. Ish, like Donkey Kong Jr. and this guy in a leather jacket who's called Bones. And it was obviously based on Rick Jones from the Marvel Universe. Okay. okay yeah. Hulk's best friend. Yep. They ride around in a motorcycle and sidecar trying to find Donkey Kong. He looks like the Donkey Kong in the cartoon. Donkey Donkey Kong... <laughs> Adrian's cat is meowing. It's like... <laughs> retro gaming cat. This cartoon doesn't make sense. Meow. Meow. He wants to join in. Oh, that's nice. Okay. <laughs> we now have a fifth podcaster. <laughs> he has very strong opinions on mice and um, Caesar's cat. He does. Anyway, um, Donkey Kong Jr. is basically Scrappy-Doo. He's got the same personality as Scrappy-Doo. Even sounds a bit similar, but with super strength. Mm. It's what we all wanted Scrappy-Doo to have, yeah. obviously. Yeah. The guy does his voice, Frank Welker. Ah, there you go. <laughs> uh, tried out for Scrappy-Doo, uh-huh. but didn't get the gig. But um, he actually did come up with a puppy power catchphrase. <gasps> so, I hope he got paid for thing. that. Enough reason to hate him, which is, re- which is hilariously in Donkey Kong Jr., recycled into him going monkey magic. <laughs> so, puppy power to monkey magic. Yeah. Say it. Monkey magic. <laughs> monkey magic. Yeah, it's a bit like Super that. Super monkey ball. But, but more high-pitched and irritating. All right. Yeah. Um, Adrian's cat is not impressed. No, so we, have to, we have monkey to impress magic, the cat. Yeah. <laughs> He's looking... Adrian's cat is looking wistfully outside, like... He, he was just outside having fun, and now he's indoors with us. For that cat. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah um, next up, Pitfall. Which ah. is... <laughs> and this is called Pitfall Harry. Yeah, so Pitfall Harry would just jump over things, and you have to grab... That's swing over things yeah. and jump yeah. over things. You're a human-shaped blur who's dressed in green who has to go through a forest or swamp, jumping go. over tumbleweeds and snakes and swinging on vines. Quick uh, pop, pop quiz question. There was a TV ad for Pitfall on the Atari in, I believe, 1983 or 84. Mm. Which future Hollywood star, when he was 12 years old, was in the ad? Um. You look this up on YouTube. He is the first person up going, Pitfall Harry! Wow, I get to jump over stuff and... <laughs> Ooh. So, Hollywood, like A-lister. Oh, what, is it someone like Elijah Wood or something like that? No, he's no. too young. Though they were a child actor of yeah. some degree, but not a famous one. Oh, not a famous one, okay. But they were in things you would have seen. Ooh. Later became a comic actor. I was thinking Steve Martin, but that'd be just ridiculous. He's already had that massive films by then. He was already a middle-aged no, no. I'd man I'd love to see Steve then. Martin play Pitfall, though, just saying. Became um, big in the two, early 2000s. Oh, what's his face? Uh, the guy in um, the new Jurassic Park and all that. Jurassic Pratt? No, yeah. no. No. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll give you one more clue. Name that rhymes. Um, None of you are going to get it. Jack Black. Scene oh. Bean, I was going to say. The, for, uh, the famous oh, Hollywood A-list of Scene Bean. Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yay. Jack Black. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Pitfall, the cartoon show. Oh, that's, and he was 13 years old, not 11 or 12, but right, looking good. at my notes. Anyway. It's close, mate. That's, come on. Yeah, it's close like <laughs> A globetrotting inspector gadget, like, um, basically is a globetrotting inspector gadget, the show, but Pitfall Harry isn't a robot. Uh, Penny is slightly younger and Brain is basically Snagglepuss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, literally looks really like Snagglepuss, talks like him, and the kid calls him Uncle Pitfall. <laughs> Uncle... <laughs> Uncle Pitfall. Can you imagine? Which is weird, like, so that, that's his name. His name is Pitfall. Like, 
Pitfall Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good oh. news, good news, children. We've got the family all around for Christmas. We've got Uncle Bob, Uncle Jimmy, and Uncle Pitfall coming over. <laughs> Uncle Pitfall. Save a space for Uncle Pitfall. It's like... That's really like the name you give your kid when it's really unwanted. Yeah. <laughs> Accident. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, yeah. speak to your Uncle Pitfall. He's on the phone. Yeah. Anyway, um, he looks, he talks like Peter Perfect in Wacky Races. He says things like, old chum. <laughs> I like a, him. Yeah, he sounds good. So he goes all over the world and there's some local color in the shape of regional accents that would never be allowed today. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to pull that thread. Very much, um, the kind of accents that people don't want the Simpsons to do anymore, but yeah. from lots and lots of different locales. Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine the pitfalls in that? Ooh. Yeah. Despite that, it is more <laughs> dull than a show like that has any right to be. Oh, really? It is really boring. Because you think they could do like an Indiana Jones cartoon spin-off, like DuckTales, couldn't you, with that? With the pitfall character. Well, there were like Indiana Jones-ish cartoons, like I think adaptations, yeah. but like there was Young Indiana Jones, I think. What cartoon? Yeah, pretty sure there's a young Indiana Jones young cartoon. Indy, yeah. Based on like probably River Phoenix in Last Crusade. Yep. Yeah, but that was there was. There was a live action T V series, but I don't remember a cartoon. Oh maybe you're right. Maybe I'm thinking was, of James Bond young, Jr. Young Indy. Well yeah. it sounds like they they wasted a good opportunity because Pitfall uh, Harry, I reckon that would have been pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. But I mean with decent writers and animation maybe, but that was not there. Uh Space Ace. Mm. The game is, as I think Adrian said, it's Dragon's Lair in space. Yeah. It's very hard. I hate the thing. Uh, it looks beautiful on the Jag CD. I love it, but it, but I just can't... I just die every second. Yeah. It's too difficult, It's man. really cool, but almost impossible to play. Yeah. Uh, space Ace, the cartoon. Um, is it? Is it... <laughs> what's the animation better? Is the animation better on the, the cartoon or the video game? Take a guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the uh, the animation in the game was done by a proper, anim- like, full-on animation beautiful. studio that did films. It's beautiful, actually. I can't remember what they're called, but they were really famous. They did heavy metal as well. The mm. awesomely rad. Yeah, I like, can't remember uh, what they're called. Yep. 80s uh, animated film. Anyway, Space Ace follows the adventures of the dashing hero Dexter, who prefers to be called Ace. He's on a mission to stop the villainous commander Borf, <laughs> who's seeking to attack Earth with his Infanto Ray. <laughs> to render Earthlings helpless by reverting them into infants. That's actually not that far from the actual game. Like, because in the game you get shot with the Infanto Ray, and you can kind of get big and small as the oh, game okay. goes on. Um, at the start of the game, Ace is partially hit by the Infanto Ray, which reverts him into an adolescent. Though he can change back using a cool watch, and both kidnaps his female sidekick Kimberly. So that's basically like the plot of the game. Uh, the show is a weekly low rent version of the game, set on a futuristic version of Earth with um. Yeah, much worse animation. Don mm. Bluth, that was the name of the guy who did like oh, the, yeah. oh, nice. the game stuff. Uh, in the show, he randomly turns from adult to kid and back again. He's annoying, but in a very like kind of plain white bread way, rather than like in an ironic, cocky way. Right. Like you would get in a lot of eighties cartoons. Yeah. Not like Den- like Dennis, uh, um, the American guy. Not like that. The American Dennis the Menace. Yeah. He was kind of. Uh, Chippy, wasn't he? Yeah, no, he didn't really smirk or wisecrack like a lot of them did. So right. it's annoying, but not in like in a terrible, unforgivable way. So you, he would he would be a friend of yours, then you'd say Ace if you met him. No, he was boring, and oh. but I wouldn't hate him. You would put up with him and say, "Fine, have a beer, sit down." Yeah, but he wouldn't be have a beer because he was a kid most of the time. And he <laughs> might change back. Can you imagine? He walked up to the bar, fully adult. I have two beers, please. Make that lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, next up, Kangaroo. Has anyone actually played this game, Kangaroo? Because nope. I'd literally nope. never heard of it before. <laughs> no. I didn't, didn't even know it was a game. 
<laughs> I just but, thought you were saying random things like yeah. kangaroo. Blah. Well, it is a game, and in the game, your yellow kangaroo has to climb up ladders to find what I guess is the kangaroo's child, her Joey, who is blindfolded at the top of the screen for some reason. Um, also, you can jump and box other animals with your boxing gloves. Uh, usually, monkeys who are throwing apples at you, and these games involve going from the bottom of the screen to the top, like Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Junior. You know, like early eighties kind of arcade, not really a massive scope for different kinds of games. Uh, yeah, this show is a bit of a departure. Anyone want to take a punt at what the show is? Go on, Keith. I'm waiting for Keith to give us the plot of Kangaroo. Kangaroo. <laughs> there it is. That was it. That was the plot. That was it. If if you blanked out there, that's your tough. You know, <laughs> Beep. You get. Oh. Does kangaroo is kangaroo called kangaroo? Does it have a name in the cartoon? I is it um, Joey? Yes, she she does have a name. Oh, what's, what's her she, name? She, she. Okay. Um, the kangaroo, not the child. What's the child, name? the Joey is called Joey in the cartoon, though. Oh, no. that took that took a lot of time to decide. Didn't they? <laughs> they had to think about that one. The uh, the mum's name took almost as much time. Go on, what is it? Uh, Katie the kangaroo. <laughs> Katie the kangaroo. Yeah, does she? Is it a bit like pole, oh, I was going to say? Is it, is, it a bit, is it a bit like pole position? So basically, you've got pole the position. kangaroo lady has got a car, and Joey's got a car, and they basically have to race each other and save, solve crimes and that. Mm. No, you have to bear in mind the pole position cartoon did come out round about in I think the mid eighties, so they might have been wary of stepping on their toes a little bit. This is true. Okay, I'll sit down now. Does Katie have to enter a boxing tournament Ooh. in order to win Super Joey's punch freedom? Star. Every episode. Yes. Every episode is a different <laughs> fight. <laughs> um, I'll it's tell like you. the Rockies. I've had a Rob. I think it's a bit like Crocodile Dundee where all oh, these Australians have to make their way in America and learn the adventures in the US and they find their feet. No, interestingly enough, they don't have Australian accents, which mm. probably means they were born into captivity. Because... Um, <laughs> In the show, a little Joey called Joey and his best friend, who's a squirrel called Sydney, get into hijinks with a group of troublesome monkeys. The monkeys are not good people. Good, not good peoples. <laughs> they all live in a zoo along with Joey's mother, Katie, who basically spends all the time scolding people and who can apparently leave the zoo whenever she wants. <laughs> really? Yeah, they they always leave in the zoo. And also, the Joey is wearing a t-shirt and baseball cap for some reason. Right. I, I have no idea okay. why the mum isn't. I don't think. I don't know if anyone else is, but she is wearing. He is wearing a t-shirt and a baseball cap because <sighs> th- it was the eighties. That that's yeah. what like yeah. cartoon characters did, I guess. Yeah. And uh, last up, Qbert. Um, the game Qbert. Anyone want to tell us? It's kind of hex- isometric. Oh, isometric. Jumped around on isometric blocks. Yes, your weird monster with a long snout has to jump across yeah. an isometric pyramid of blocks to change their color while avoiding purple snakes. And uh, when you get hit by something and die, the character swears. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah. A little bit of speech bubble. That's it, yeah. little speech bubble and he does a little squares. And he yeah. makes noise like... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? No one's going to come anywhere near to the concept of of Cuba at the show, so I'm just going to go right into it. Oh, he <laughs> runs his own news agent. <laughs> and basically, people come in and he has to solve problems for them. It's a bit like Cheers, but in a news agent. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's close, right? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, amazingly, it's, it has even less to do with the game than somehow than what Dylan suggested. <laughs> in the show, a trans, it's, the show is basically a transparently racist show. Ooh. Where a bunch of weird monsters with long snouts are in a 50s high school, a bit like Happy Days, 
and uh, the teachers are all the kind of the same species, and all like the kind of bad kids in school have purple skin, and like half of them are serpents, and they're all dressed like a less homoerotic version of Marlon Brando and the Wild Ones, like in leather jackets <laughs> with like that like leather police yeah, cap. Yeah, yeah. That, oh no! Yeah, the real like kind of gay fetish club. Like Rob Halford in the <laughs> late seventies. They and uh, everyone wears leather jackets, and they go to milkshake diners and sock hops and shit. Like, and Q-Bird's main squeeze is called QT. Oh. Do you get it? Do you <laughs> get it? Cutie. Oh my words! <laughs> and she's also got blonde hair. Okay, cute. Is, is there a Q Fonz in there or not? Um, no, because the like the evil, the kind of the bad guys like wearing the jackets. All right, fair enough. And they like rasp and hiss when they speak. And they go, <laughs> yeah, I gotta get you, Cubits, Cubits. We're gonna ruin that Cubits fun. That How kind of dares Cubits do that? Yeah, it's basically like the most generic cartoon you can ever imagine. Uh, they're like trying to kind of wreck their shit and like kind of, uh, they've got like the bat main kind of guy is a henchman, has henchmen who always get stuff wrong and like bumble around and then he, he goes, oh, what you, you know, Skinner. Yeah, very much like that. Um, so yeah, that, those are the seven cartoons. They're all abominable. Do you have a personal favourite, Rob? Is there one you think, if I had to watch one of these cartoons for the rest of my life as yeah. your punishment... What's in, the least worst? Yeah, what would you... If you had to watch one, continuous in a loop, which one would you choose? Probably Space Ace or Donkey Kong are the least unbearable, but right. they're both bad. I mean, Space Ace is probably the best, but it's it's not even it's not even good or maybe even adequate... It's maybe adequate for a cartoon that era. <laughs> uh, the worst ones... Uh, Frogger is... Unwatchable. We, we like virtually. Frogger. Aww. I was going to say, because that, that, that one sounds the most intriguing to me. It's like <laughs> Spider Man light, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Donkey, frog. Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. is the most irritating character in Donkey Kong Jr., and mm. Qbert is the most offensive. But, um, <laughs> like, literally, like, all the teachers at the school are, are like, are kind of the same creatures as Qbert, all the good guys, <laughs> and all, like, the bad guys, all the purple, like, skin. It's just, it's really weird. You can't be purplest, mate. Yeah. No, it's no, really no. weird. <laughs> it's, it's, when, once you kind of, you, once you see it, you can't unsee it, and it's a bit dodgy. Once it has been you're seen. You're a changed man now, Rob, aren't you? <laughs> it can never be unseen. <laughs> so, like, you know, you look at kind of these seven different shows, and they're all pretty common themes in. It's very, like, nostalgia, retro-type stuff. You know, like, uh, Cubed set in the 50s. Uh, you have, like, the other kind of guy, Donkey Kong Jr.'s mate, his leather jacket. Everything's very old-fashioned. I mean, you know, which is ironic, especially considering, like, uh, at this point, video games themselves were seen as very, like, futuristic. And, like, you know, kind of very kind of young-themed, like... And also, considering the futuristic and high-fancy bent that you'd kind of come to see in so many 80s cartoons as you go on. Like, you know, like He-Man, Transformers, Mask, Thundercats. You you know, even Gem really has a kind of a very futuristic bent to it. Yeah, It's interesting, Rob. Out of those seven, which of those franchises or characters are still big today? Um, Donkey Kong, Obviously Donkey Kong. Well, no, and also... Well, yeah, is that about... Uh, did he, uh, it? Donkey Kong Jr., I suppose, maybe mm. a little bit. That's it. Kangaroo's pretty big. We don't know about <laughs> kangaroo. it. Kangaroo. Um, yeah, I've heard that kangaroo name a lot. <laughs> a kangaroo. Um, that's about it. I know Frog has had a few spin-off games, haven't they? Like 3D and stuff. And But, I mean, they weren't yeah. really, like, character-based games. I mean, mm. pe- like, even people think... Old people think Pac-Man's value as an IP in this day and age. But Pac-Man's value as an IP really didn't pass the early 80s. In any way, shape, or form, even no, as a game. No, I mean, 
the conversions were still going late eighties, early nineties, and that was it. It was ever it? since I think. Well, who was it? Came Sue. The ghost came in. What was her name? Susan. Yes. Sue. Was it Sue? It was Sue, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Ever since yeah. she came in, it was never she the same. She must have been part of Miss Pac Man. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. But yeah, not a blinky for my liking. But yeah, you kind of like look. There are a lot of common tropes in these kind of cartoons as well. Or pretty much all the women are blonde. All the the villains are generally what we might call swarthy men. If you know what I mean. Yep. Um the animals are mostly goofy and people are constantly dressing in disguises. And uh let's just say the slide whistle is never far away in terms of Wow Woo Rob, if you had to live in one of those cartoon lands for the rest of your life, one of those seven, which would you choose? Um Frogger. <laughs> Frog is really weird because the animals can talk to humans, but they don't seem to ever mix with humans. Like, there's no humans in the swamp. Humans are scam. Well, you, you'd live in Frogger land then, Dylan. That's what you're saying. I'll be Frogger. <laughs> How about you, Keith? Are those seven lands? Where would you, if you had to live in one of them? Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Space Ace. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm going to say Pitfall Harry. I'm going to go around the world <laughs> Uncle Pitfall. I meet meeting Uncle strange Pitfall. anachronistic villains that could have <laughs> stepped Pitfall. out of a Tintin. <laughs> Like comic is book. He a bit, yeah. yeah, Uncle Pitfall is he a bit like Abe Simpson a bit, you know, don't we? <laughs> no, he's a bit like um, Inspector Gadget if oh, he right, spoke yeah, like, uh, yeah, um, Peter Perfect. Like when he sits around the lemon tree, do you remember in Springfield? And, yeah, that'd be, that's, that's how I imagine Uncle Pitfall. Uncle Pitfall's more like late 30s. He's not like an old man. All <laughs> right, yeah. Well, he would be old now, wouldn't he, to be fair, but there you go. Yeah, anyway, like, um, so, you know, looking at that, you've got to think the writers were must have been pretty old. Like, they weren't kind of like with it at this point. Uh, it's notable that Ruby Spears is uh, the kind of um, company that did this. Their big hit was Alvin and the Chipmunks. Came out around the same time, which, you know, is also very retro, based mm-hmm. on a 1950s kind of property. It's very old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even their Love attempt it. at futuristic action, which was Centurion, oh. when it still seemed hopelessly dated when it came Centurion. out. Yeah, it did. It did. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I liked it, but yeah, it, it was kind of retro even then. They didn't make the GoBots, did they? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think no, so. Yeah, no. Centurions is also really. It seemed really homoerotic to me. Uh, looking back, like you know, <laughs> like, top airman Ace McLeod. <laughs> it's it's really kind of weird and old fashioned. <laughs> um, I think you know the seventies in general is a very dark time for TV, especially in the US. Mm. Like I think like you know kind of going back into the retro thing. Hap- two of the biggest hits of the last decade before Happy Days and Mash, both of which were set in yeah. the fifties. You know, so which is you had this like whole wave of like nineteen fifties retro kind of stuff going through America at that point. You know, in the late seventies, early eighties, obviously a big influence on cartoons as well. Uh, yeah, Ruby Spears uh, went on to do Dragon's Lair. They did a Dragon's Lair cartoon. Oh wow! I think I've caught. I think I've seen that. Yeah, did that pretty much straight afterwards, and the Mega Man cartoon in the mid nineties. I have not. Oh, seen wow! That. I've not seen it either. But I've I, seen clips of it because. Um, Hmm. Oh God! What's the professor's name? Professor Wiley? Is that something else? Oh, oh Mega Doctor Wiley. Doctor Wiley. Doctor Wiley. Doctor Wiley. Yeah. Wiley. Professor Wiley. Something Wiley. Professor was like the good guy who yeah. made Mega Man. Yeah. So it's Doctor Wiley. Doctor Wiley is a villain. He? He's yeah. the bad guy. So what's the professor called? I don't professor know. Oak. Professor, <laughs> professor Oak. Yeah. He's the only professor. By the way, he's got a really funny voice. And he, ex- call, and he calls him Dr. Wowie. 
Doctor Wow. Doctor Wow. Doctor Wow. Look also, it up. Also, I get a feeling that I haven't seen a screenshot or something. Mega Man looks nightmarish. Are you going to do a separate pod in it one day? Please say you might consider it. We uh, we might do... I think what we're going to do at some point, not at some point soon, because it's going to be a lot to watch, is we're going to go through... Uh, we're going to do an episode where we go through all the 80s cartoons that were adapted from games, <laughs> and then all the 90s cartoons are adapted from games in a separate episode. But that will involve me watching a, a shed load of bad TV, and yeah. I don't... It's he not hasn't got ask. the stomach for it right now. <laughs> You're you're already going to get one medal after this. I don't, yeah, you know, we can't super super cable. It almost done you in. Yeah, we're not made of medals. <laughs> no, no, medal of honor. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. basically, uh, Ruby Spears. Most of this stuff was really lame adaptations of stuff that was you know which uh, already established IPs. Plastic Man. Like did a Mork and Mindy slash Laverne and Shirley slash Fonz hour. Yeah, I know. Wow. Nightmarish. Yeah. Uh, they did the Rambo cartoon, a Chuck Norris cartoon, a Police Academy cartoon, oh and God. possibly worse than or any of those, Pigsburg Pigs, which is an abomination. Don't ever watch it. Pigsburg Pigs is... I remember it from when I was a kid. It was. It terrible. sounds vaguely familiar, but... Yeah. Um, and anyway, so that was Saturday Supercade. Uh, as I say, last two series. Um, by that point, I think... The world had basically moved on. We were full on to like the proper 80s, like mm. kind of, you know, new, ready overblown action Fun kind of cats, stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. The, uh, Mars Mattel, Chucko, you know, yeah. high energy Chocobot hour. Basically, as I was saying earlier, I think it is very synonymous with music. Like music, you had the kind of era where you had the whole Eagles, like, uh, Fleetwood Mac, disco thing in the 70s, huge sales, BGs, but really naff stuff. And then there's a kind of break of about two or three years and not really much was happening. Then Thriller comes out and you get into that, what I call the whole Ultra FM era of music. Madonna, Prince, Lionel Richie, In Excess, George Michael and Wham, Def Leppards. You know, really like high kind of FM mm. top pop sound. And, you know, I yeah. think the cartoons are really similar. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as I say, a lot of kind of adaptations of pop culture stuff, including gaming. And we're going to get onto that in later detail in future episodes. Before we go, before we started the podcast, I said to Rob, oh, I'm sure I remember this. I'm sure I remember this. I'm sure I'd seen something somewhere. I hadn't. I was getting it confused with something else. Oh. I don't know if you've come across this in your research for sort of other video game cartoons. It was called The Power Team. And this was a late 80s one. Uh-huh. And Dill's going to love this. This was a cartoon show that featured characters from acclaimed video games. <laughs> wow, no. <laughs> oh, the face. <laughs> the face. face. It's a really good job. This is an audio-only podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was a proper like barrel-scraping exercise. So the characters included Max Force from Nock, the arcade game. Kuros from the Wizards and Warriors series, created wow. by Rare. Um, Quirk from the game of the same name. Tyrone. One of the basketball players from Arch Rivals. I can't <laughs> believe. As soon as you said Tyrone, <laughs> you love and it. Bigfoot, the monster truck, the monster truck, Bigfoot. <laughs> so, so Wait a minute. This this does sound vaguely familiar. Like I think I've said this before. I used to love Bigfoot. Don't even go there. Like being South African, we literally saw every bad, like every good and bad eighties cartoon yeah. there was from America and to a lesser extent France, which was translated into English. And that does sound vaguely familiar. Yeah, I'm pretty sure one, I have seen it. This one was shown on a, a program called Video Power. Um, and it was like a, a video game show. And that was like the cartoon segment. 
but the cartoon also featured the uh, cartoon version of the host, Johnny Arcade. And they fought against villains from the acclaimed lineup of games, mainly Mr. Big from NARC. It sounds very much like the acclaimed version of Captain N. Which, uh, yes, again, that's what I used to it love was, a bit of Captain N. Influenced by, yeah. Oh, you did you used to love a bit of Captain N. Yes, but, uh, yeah, so we're going to go. We'll have to look at that one in it more sounds detail like Dylan's at some point. Tea, doesn't it, this thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, we'll be doing that later in the year, so stay tuned. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK, at Keith Barlow82, and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash arcadeattackuk. Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top 10, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes, where you can also leave us a review and a rating, which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, Take care and we'll speak to you soon.